The problem with Christians is they are obsessed with converting people. This is the objection that we are considering this afternoon, this concern, I guess, that Christians are just a little too preoccupied with getting converts, winning people over. And this could be based, I think, on a couple of different grievances. One might be that Christians don't really care about people. They don't really care about getting to know you or or understanding who you are. They just want to win you over to their lifestyle and their way of thinking, just to get you on their team, and that's all they care about. So, as Christians, we're, we're kind of like about numbers rather than real people, real lives. The other grievance might be that Christians can't accept people for who they are, for who they are. Like, there's always something wrong with people and they have to change. You know, that is, people are just not good enough until they become Christians. And so we're all about forcing everybody to be someone that they're not. And with these grievances in mind, the first thing I want to do this afternoon is to make a confession. Uh, I want to confess that it's true. We don't care enough. We Christians are selfish human beings and we don't care enough about the people we'd like to see converted. It's come a bit quicker than I thought. Now, please don't get me wrong at this point. We desire the conversion of people, that they believe in Jesus, they find salvation in Him, for their good, far more than our good or our sort of, you know, satisfaction. That is always our main motivation, that more people might be saved. But we can very easily fall into the trap of turning people into numbers and not loving them for who they are. And so we confess to atrocious behaviour in history, when people were forced to convert to Christianity, whether that was the pagans under Charlemagne, or the Jews in the First Crusade, or the Muslims during the Spanish Inquisition, or natives in new colonial lands. It shames us when we hear the stories of violent, coercive acts that were done in the name of Jesus. And it shames us when Christians have forgotten that conversion can only happen deep in the human heart by God's sovereign power and and spirit and through the forgiveness that's found in Jesus' death and resurrection. And even though the church doesn't use such practices anymore, we do confess that numbers of conversions have at times become consuming sometimes even a competition. I remember attending a a missional prayer meeting once where the question of how many conversions did people come across or get sounded way too boastful and almost competitive. And that's shameful to us. That's shameful. And we confess that there are still churches who use manipulative means to get more conversions means like the promises of health and wealth and blessings, 
means like the deliberate downplaying of sin and judgment. And all Christians do it to some extent. And it shames us and we're sorry for it. So you'd be forgiven for laughing at the irony that we want you to convert to Christianity because it'll be for your good and yet Christians are guilty of such uncaring, unloving behaviour. I mean, what a joke, right? But this is the reality. Christians can be jerks. And that's my theological way of saying that we are broken, weak, imperfect sinners. We're selfish and we don't care enough. Nowhere near as much as we should and nowhere near as much as we could. But God cares more than enough. If you can put us Christians to one side for a moment and just think about God, perhaps considering Him in light of those earlier grievances, we might see some wonderful things. We don't care enough to truly know you and, and to know your needs and, and who you are. Well, God does. We read from the 139th Psalm before and it says that God knows us in the deepest possible way. He knew us when we were embryos in the womb. He knew every one of our days before they ever came to be. He knows us no matter where we are or where we go. He perceives our very thoughts and knows everything that we are going to say before we say it. He knows us. Jesus says that God has numbered every hair on your head. That's how familiar He is. And that He knows every creature as intimately and yet values us who are made in His image so much more highly. He also says that God knows what we need before we even think to ask it. Every need. He knows, He cares, He loves more than we could possibly understand. But then what about that other grievance? Christians don't accept people for who they are. Well, God does. He invites people just as they are and He welcomes them, no matter what their background or their personality, or their gender, or their race, or their struggles, or their challenges. In one of Jesus' parables, He highlights how God invites all sorts of people, both the good and the bad, so-called bad, so-called good. People who've got their lives together, seemingly, and people who absolutely don't. And He invites them all into His favour, into His party, into knowing Him. In another parable, Jesus shows how God welcomes us as beloved children, no matter how we've lived or the choices that we've made or the stupid things that we've done. And of course, Jesus Himself shows us how much God loves and cares. Instead of violently, forcibly converting people under threat of death, as has been done in the past. Instead, Jesus lays down His life for them. He dies for them. 
He welcomes all people. He loves all people, even the most unlikely people. And he gives up his life to embrace them and to save them. This is the good news that we believe is the best thing for you, for us, for anyone at all. It's not morality. It's not religion. It's just this selfless, surrendering sacrifice of Jesus. The most loving, most caring act in the history of the world. But here's the thing. God cares and He knows and He invites and accepts and He loves us as we are. But He refuses to leave us that way. He loves us. He cares more than enough. He cares too much to leave us the way that we are. Yes, the good news of Jesus has absolutely no prerequisites, none whatsoever. But after believing it, it radically changes your life. God is not happy to leave us broken. And we should not be happy to remain broken. Change by the one who loves and cares more than we can possibly imagine, that should be something we long for and welcome. God wants to make you more human, more you and more like himself, which is who you were made to be. And so this is the question, do you care enough to change or be changed? I think we can all agree that change itself is not bad. You know, when you ditch bad habits and you form good habits, that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? You know, if you go from being terribly unhealthy to a picture of fitness, that is not a bad thing. Everyone would agree, that, that's great. And we can just as easily use the word conversion for that sort of thing. We don't have to get hung up on the definitions of words. If I was to say I was converted from being a smoker to a non-smoker, you'd all say, well, thumbs up, that's awesome. I was converted by my fitness friend to, you know, try a new fit lifestyle and it stuck, well, you'd be like, great, awesome. I was converted from being a negligent parent to being a caring, attentive parent. Nobody's going to say that's bad. That's that's fantastic. And so it goes. (coughs) But do we care enough to change those sorts of things? And do we care enough to change even bigger things? We Christians, we have to ask ourselves whether we care enough about what God's done in our lives to change the way that we care for and love others. We always also have to ask, you know, do we care enough to change or be changed? Excuse me. <coughs> See, because God is changing Christian people, to care more about the people they seek to reach. He's changing us to focus more on people than on numbers. He's changing us to love people in their struggles, 
He's changing us to become more like Jesus, who serves selflessly and sacrificially. (coughs) Because conversion is an ongoing process. It's an ongoing thing. It's growth. It's transformation. It's change. And so we Christians are always faced with the need to embrace that change. You know, we believe God does the work. He, he loves us enough to want to change us, to want the best for us. But we need to accept it. <coughs> and maybe it's the same for you today. God wants to change you for the better, to give you a whole new life even. Jesus actually says it's like being born again. You know, the greatest change in your life was to be born. He says it's like being born again. The most epic spiritual change you can imagine. But are you willing to accept it? Do you care enough about your heart and your soul, your eternal existence, to be changed by Him? But perhaps you don't think you need it. Yeah, I'm a good person, I, I am healthy, uh, I am fit, I'm a good spouse actually, I'm a good parent, as much as I can be, I'm, I'm a good employee, I'm a good citizen, pretty, pretty much anyway. But then let me ask you why? Why are you doing all that? What's it all for? Perhaps you've heard of the good sailor. He was the most diligent, hard-working, disciplined sailor on the ship. He's up before all the others. You know, he's, he's, he carries out orders without fault, without complaint. His knots are just perfect. And he never, never whinges about anything, not, never about the food, never about the pay. He is the model sailor. But he's a sailor on a pirate ship. He's sailing under what we might say is the wrong flag. And in some ways, you know, that makes all his good deeds and his discipline and all the rest of it, it makes it worse than the other sailors because he's contributing the most to the cause of piracy. And the point of that is the big picture matters. So it goes for our lives. You know, conversion is not about turning bad people into good people. Although we do hope that, you know, there's a bonus in there, there's a gradual byproduct where that happens, gradually. But no, conversion is about changing the flag that you sail under. Are you sailing under your own flag? For your own ends and goals? Living life and perhaps living it really well? perhaps living it as best as you possibly can. But is it just for you? Or are you sailing under God's flag? For the one who gave you life, for His purposes and His ends. Living life maybe sometimes well, maybe sometimes not so well, maybe sometimes downright sucky. But still, for Him. The conversion is about changing your flag. That's what we Christians want for you and for everyone. Yes, 
We need to become better sailors or better Christians, if I can put it that way. We need to love people more. We need to care about people more. We need to get to know them better. And God is working that in us. But even when we suck at it, we know that the captain is taking us in the right direction for the right cause. And all along the way, he's teaching us to grow, teaching us to be like him. And so the question is, do you want to join us in that? Will you sail along in a brand new life, towards eternal life, and learn along the way how to do it best, how to be like Jesus, the most caring and loving, most amazing person in the world. In fact, the son of God himself. Can I just take the opportunity to pray with you, pray for you, uh, and pray together. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord, that you care about us. That you love us deeply. You know us intricately. Everything about us to the deepest level. And you still love us. And we thank you, Father, that you welcome us. You accept us as we are, even though, if we're honest, we are broken people. We're imperfect. We get it wrong a lot of the time. We're selfish. Thank you that you welcome and love us nonetheless. And that in Jesus, you accept us. We thank you also, Lord, that in Jesus... You change us. You transform us. You grow us. That in Him, you will not leave us as we are, as broken, but you will fix us and redeem us. You'll grow us, Lord. And we pray that you continue to do that. Lord, for those of us here who are Christians, Lord, and and we're all too aware